Welcome back to another episode of Success in Mind. I said we would do a part two on goal setting this week, and here we are. Here is your part two of the High Performance Guide to Goal Setting. So last episode, we talked about short-term versus long-term goals and the importance of each. And we talked a bit too about vision boards and having a word of the year. So today I want to talk more specifically about goal setting strategies and how to use them to be more effective in setting your goals and more importantly, how to use them to achieve your goals. Because as I said last time, it's not so important how we set the goal as long as we're achieving our goals. So if you're not achieving your goals, then we need to look at what is the strategy that you use to set them and to evaluate them. Because if your strategy is working, then by all means, keep doing whatever you're doing. If you're accomplishing your goals, you're getting what you want, just keep doing it. But if you're not, something needs to change. So let's talk about it. You're listening to Success in Mind, the show for high-performing leaders, changemakers, and entrepreneurs ready to take your life and business to the next level. If you're ready for whole life success, keep listening. Okay, goal setting strategies. We can't even begin to talk about goals without talking about SMART goals. Now, you might have heard of SMART goals before. If you've done any personal development work, if you've worked with a coach, if you've done any sort of leadership training, chances are you have heard of the SMART goals. And so you might be thinking, oh, I already know this, but are you doing it? So let's treat this as a refresh. If you already know all about SMART goals, let's look at this as a reminder and a refresh because it is important not just to know it, but are you actually implementing and doing it? And we're gonna look at this a little bit differently today from an NLP perspective. NLP is Neuro Linguistic Programming. I am a trainer of NLP. So we're going to use some NLP today in terms of our goal strategies. And on a side note, I'm just going to say I am still recovering from this flu. So my voice is a little raspy. It's cutting out a bit. I apologize for that. Please just bear with me through this episode and we'll get through it together. All right, SMART goals. So if you are familiar with SMART goals, then you have probably heard that it stands for, it's an acronym right? So it stands for specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-based. And that is all true. But let's break those down a little bit further and look at them from an NLP point of view. So S, the S in SMART, specific. We want to be specific in how we language the goal. Often people set goals and they'll say, I want to make 10% more money this year. Is that specific? A little bit, but it can be more specific by putting an actual dollar value. It can be more specific by saying, is that revenue or is that income? So if you're setting a financial goal for the year, what exactly do you want to make? And I like to say, focus on income over revenue, because you could make a million dollars in your business this year, but if you only keep 50,000 of that, would you be happy? Would that be satisfactory to you? And I've seen this in business owners where they can make a lot of money in revenue, but if your expenses are astronomically high, then really, what's the point if you're not living the lifestyle you want? I suggest, really, you could set two goals. So what I do is I set a revenue goal for my business, 
I set a profit goal for my business. And then I also set an income goal for me, how much money I want to make. That's specific. And put actual dollar amounts. So don't put, I want to earn $10,000 more this year. More than what? That's still ambiguous. So get really specific and clear on what you want. If your goal is to do with weight loss, what is the weight you are going to weigh? Not how much you want to lose. How much do you want to weigh? If it's a strength goal, not I want to be stronger. No, how much weight do you want to lift? So make it really specific in setting your goals. If you want to run, how far do you want to be able to run? If you want to say you're not a runner, but by the end of this year, you want to be able to run a 10K, is that running a 10K with running all the way through? Or is that be able to walk run a 10K in how many minutes would you like to do it in? Get it really narrowed down. How do you want it to be? That's what specific is. When we're talking about the language of our goals, we want to eliminate words like more, better, any words that imply a comparison to something else. The unconscious mind is the goal getter. The conscious mind is the goal setter. You've heard me say this before. I cannot say it enough. Your conscious mind sets the goal. Your unconscious mind sets the course in order to achieve the goal. And your unconscious mind needs specific directions to follow. It does not do well with ambiguities. So if you say, I want to make more money this year, what does more mean? If you make a dollar more than you made last year, that's more money. Good job. You did it. And the unconscious mind also works on the path of least resistance. So if earning a dollar more than you did last year, that's more money. And that's a lot easier than earning $100,000 more. Be specific. What is it you really want? You need to drill it down. Be very clear and language your goal in words that a five or a six-year-old would understand because your unconscious mind, although very powerful, is at about the maturity of a five or six-year-old child. So would a child understand what you want? A child could understand you wanting to earn $100,000. A child might not understand that you want to grow your net worth by 60% and just be clear. Okay, be specific. So we have specific and then we want it to be measurable. You can measure an amount of money. You can measure a distance you're running. You can measure weight on a scale. You can measure. So what can you actually measure? If your goal, if one of your goals is to write a book, you can measure that because do you have a book at the end of it or not? Or how much of that book have you written? If the goal is to have a first draft written, well, do you have a draft completed? That's measurable. You need to be able to measure your goals. And in NLP, we also say that M is also for, is it meaningful to you? So often people set goals that have no meaning for them. And they set them because they think they should set it. Oh, my doctor told me to lose weight, so I should lose weight. So therefore, 
my goal is to lose weight. They don't really care about losing weight. Or I should quit smoking because it'd be good for my health. Do you want to? Desire is the fuel of the goal. If you don't want it, you're not going to achieve it. You're not going to put any resources or energy into doing it. And to achieve any goal requires action. You will not take action on something that's not meaningful for you. Sure, you might temporarily, but you'll give up before you really get anywhere. Does it have meaning for you? Is this goal meaningful for you? We see this in business a lot where a business owner or a manager will set a goal for their team, but the team doesn't care about that goal. And if you've ever worked in commission sales, you've probably experienced somebody telling you what your goal is for sales. And if that has no meaning for you, if you don't care about it, well, you're probably not going to achieve it. So the goal has to be meaningful for you. And here's a hint for those of you who do have teams or you have salespeople working under you, or you have anyone in your life who you are setting goals for, don't. Don't set goals for other people. Have them set the goal, because if they set the goal, they now have ownership over that goal. They're far more likely to perform. Empower your people to set their own goals. Make sure it's meaningful for them. So that's M, measurable, meaningful for you. Okay, that brings us to A, which is attainable, or some people say achievable, in the context of traditional goal setting. Now, I'm at a little bit of odds with this one, to be honest, because what's attainable or achievable and what people think is achievable are often very two different things. So we need to look at, is this achievable or attainable in terms of physiology, in terms of time? So I've seen people set pretty big goals and achieve those goals. And other people might look at them and think, wow, that's not achievable. You'll never be able to do that. How are you ever going to reach that goal? And yet they do it. And I've seen people who take this idea of being achievable And they use that to water down their goals until it becomes this really boring, weak goal that they're not interested in. It's if you are making a chocolate cake and you take out the sugar and the chocolate and everything that makes it taste good, like the butter or whatever, and you're left with dry flour and I don't know what else goes into a cake. You're left with all the dry, boring stuff, right? That's not very exciting. And where's your desire to achieve that? You're not going to do it. So in terms of attainable or achievable, I look at it this way. So here are some examples. At this point in life, I know, I know I'm not going to be a concert violinist. That's not a limiting decision. A concert violinist starts at a very young age with that instrument in hand which means that their nervous system develops alongside the instrument. The instrument becomes a part of their nervous system. I'm past that point. That's not going to happen for me. So that would not be achievable. Plus, I have no desire to do it. I'm not interested in learning the violin. But if I was interested, could I learn the violin? Absolutely. Could I learn to become good at it and proficient? Sure. 
a lot of work and discipline and dedication? Definitely. But will I be a concert violinist? I'm not going to say impossible, but extremely unlikely. So I wouldn't consider that achievable. I'm also not going to become a figure skater in the Olympics. Again, like that ship has sailed. They start at a very young age. The sport develops with them. And plus it's hours and hours of work. I'm not going to put that in. I'm past the point of becoming an Olympic figure skater. I'm past the age where most of them retire. But can I learn figure skating? Absolutely. Could I compete in an adult figure skating competition for beginner adults? Sure. Do I want to? No. So that's not going to happen. But that would be achievable. Becoming an Olympic figure skater, not achievable at this point in life. So look at what is achievable for you. If it's a weight loss goal and you say, I want to lose 50 pounds by next week, is that achievable? Not in any kind of healthy way. I don't know. Maybe through some kind of surgery, maybe. But even so, I don't think there's any possible way that you could do that in a safe and ecological way for your body. So I would say it's not achievable. Now in NLP, we also say as if now. So we want to state our goals as if it's now, happening now. And we want to act as if we've achieved the goal. Not that you go out and pretend and posture and tell people you've achieved it, but your behavior is of somebody who achieves that goal. So you become the person who achieves the goal. You act as if it's now, as if you have it right now. You carry yourself as if you have it now. You take actions, your habits, your behaviors align with somebody who has that goal, who's achieved it now. Okay, R, traditional goal setting says realistic. And I have the same, the same issues with that as I have with attainable. So realistic, what people think is realistic and what is realistic are often two very different things. But realistic would be much along the same lines. Could you achieve this? Say your goal is to make a million dollars in revenue this year. That could be very realistic for some people. But if you haven't started your business yet, and you have no systems or strategy in place, and you don't have a product to sell yet, then a million dollars might not be realistic. It still could be. But it might not be if you have nothing ready to go yet. But maybe if you had a great network of people, and you had an idea, you just hadn't brought it to market yet, but you had the systems lined up and you had a strategy in place, then it becomes more realistic. Or if last year, if you did 500,000 in revenue and this year you plan to double it and you have the systems, the network, the process, the manufacturing, whatever is needed, lined up, ready to go, then yeah, suddenly that becomes realistic. I've seen coaches set goals like this where they're, they're just starting their coaching practice and they're going to make a million dollars this year, but they don't have a network. They don't have any strategies, systems, business acumen behind them. Suddenly, that's not 
so realistic. I'm not saying impossible. I'll never say impossible, but it's not so realistic. So that's traditional goal setting are realistic. In NLP, we also say, is it responsible? And this is how ecology comes into goal setting. You're using that weight loss example again. If you were to lose 50 pounds in a week, would that be responsible? Is that really in the best interest of your body? I I can't find any reason that could be. Maybe, again, like with surgery, maybe, but is that the best way to do it? I don't know. So what's responsible? And when we look at ecology in terms of NLP, when we look at ecology, we look at it on four levels. So ecology is the study of consequences. So what are the consequences to myself if I achieve this or even if I pursue it? What are the consequences to the people close to me in my life? So my family, my close friends, my inner circle, my spouse. What are the consequences to the greater community? And what are the consequences to the environment? And if one of those has a negative consequence, it might not be responsible to do it. Sometimes people will set goals that they go all in on. And they sacrifice their marriage in the process. I I wouldn't consider that to be ecological or responsible. Now, I'm not saying that your spouse has to be totally on board with everything you want to do in life. It's great if they are. And I'm not saying you should sacrifice your goals for a relationship that's toxic or unhealthy or not supportive of you. I'm not saying that either. But if you have a relationship that you want to keep that's important to you, that's worth maintaining, and if that relationship is going to be severely compromised by the pursuit of a goal, then maybe that's not the right goal. Maybe that's not responsible. Maybe that's not ecological. And I've seen people do this before where they blow up areas of their life or they blow up their entire life in the pursuit of a goal. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live my life that way. I would rather have goals that support all areas of my life. For example, I know that the health goals that I've set, that as my health continues to to improve, I know that my relationships improve because I can show up better in them. I know that my business improves because for you business owners out there, if you have ever worked on your health and your fitness and made it a priority, you probably experience that you start to make more money because you have more energy to put into the business. You can work more hours. Your brain is firing differently. You're thinking clearer. So I know that with the fitness goals that I have set, the health goals, I know that every other area of my life improves as a result of that. I also know that as a result of achieving my business goals this year, That's going to make my husband very happy. And that helps the marriage. That helps our household. That also helps support my health goals because the more money that I have, the more resources I have to put into my health goals. I know that my my friendships are elevated when I achieve my business goals because I have access to people who are more driven and are in alignment with what I'm doing and creating. When we talk about responsibility and ecology in terms of goal setting, how does this goal affect other areas of your life? 
What are the consequences of achieving it? And if it's going to blow up your life or destroy an area of your life, then maybe that's not the best goal. Doesn't mean you can't still strive for that goal, but maybe you change the timeline that you achieve it in. Maybe you set a smaller goal in that area for now and you build up to that bigger goal later. Consider responsibility when setting your goals. And next is T. Traditional goal setting is time-based. And in NLP, we also say in time-based. There has to be a date attached to this goal. There has to be a time frame. It doesn't mean that you can't reevaluate that time frame because I know things happen in life. I've talked about this on previous episodes of this past year or the past two years. I've had to reevaluate a lot of my goals as I was managing my health and dealing with my health. I had to put a lot of my business goals on the back burner because they just weren't as important anymore. Now I'm bringing those goals back up to the forefront as I go into this year in a much better frame of health. You can reevaluate the time, but you need to have a date to work towards. Your unconscious mind needs a deadline. If you say, I'm going to write a book and you leave it open-ended, there's an infinite amount of time ahead of you. And so your unconscious mind, again, taking the path of least resistance, is just going to put it off to later. It's just, you're just not going to do it. So you need to have a deadline. When will it be complete? And one of the techniques that I use with my clients is a really powerful visualization tool of putting this event as a completed goal into your future. And in doing that, we need to know where it goes. Your unconscious mind needs to know where does this goal fit? What's the timeline? So you have to have a time attached to this goal. Okay, so that's our SMART goals. And in terms of other strategies and ways of setting goals, people always ask me, should I write down my goals? Yes. Yes, there have been studies done on this, that if you want to achieve your goals, you've got to write them down. You you need to have some kind of record of it. Now, there are people who never write down their goals and they achieve them, and that's great, but you are more likely to be successful at achieving your goals if you write them down. So just write them down. Is it necessary? I don't know. People achieve goals without writing them down all the time. But we know that the most successful people in the world do write down their goals, and I'm a fan of doing what the most successful people do. Let's model excellence. So I have my goals written down for 2024, and I rewrite them every single day in my journal. I don't write them down in as much detail as I do at the beginning of the year, but I do write them down each day to keep them fresh in the front of my mind. And then that means that I align all of my actions with those goals. So I can look at, I can look at what am I doing today in relation to these goals? So if I have a whole bunch of tasks on my list that have nothing to do with the goals I've set out to accomplish, then why am I doing them? If these don't support my goals and my purpose, why am I doing these things? There's always going to be some tasks we just have to do, right? Like you have to do the laundry. Sure. Is doing the laundry going to help me write my book this year? Not directly. 
don't even know if indirectly if it helps me really, because to sit in my office and write a book, do I need clean clothes? Not really. Like, I don't need them, but I sure feel better about myself with them. I sure feel more confident when I'm wearing clean clothes. In a roundabout way, sure. But there's always going to be things, tasks we have to do that have very little or no relation to our goals. And that's just life. But if all of the things you're doing, and especially in your business, if all of the things you're doing throughout the day have nothing to do with the goals that you've set, then you need to ask yourself, why am I doing these things? Am I just creating busy work or is this actually getting me to where I want to go? So writing your goals down and rewriting them daily, or at the very least reviewing them daily, helps keep them at the forefront of your mind. Have them somewhere where you can routinely look at them. I have them in a notebook, in a journal, on my desk. I look at them every morning. I rewrite them every day. And I also have, as I mentioned in the last episode, I have images on my phone. And I got this from Darren Jacqueline, who was on a few episodes ago. I have my phone and I have an iPhone. I'm not sure how it works with Android. But I have the wallpaper on my phone programmed that every hour the image changes and the image is something that reminds me of my goals. So I also have constant visual reminders of what it is I'm working towards. This is where vision boards fit in to your goal strategy. A vision board is not a goal, but a vision board can be a visual representation of the goals that you've set. And there's a difference. So the the vision board and I cannot stress this enough, a vision board is not a goal. It could be, though, the visual representation of the goals you've set. And just as the vision board is not the goal in NLP, and if you like vision boards, by all means, continue to make them. But before you make your vision board, get really clear on what you want. Actually set your goals, write them down, and then find the images that match that and put that on your vision board. That should be a visual representation as a reminder of your goals. When NLP, we talk about the map is not the territory. And just as the map is not the territory, the vision board is not the goal. It represents the goals that you've set. That has so much more depth to it. And often when people set vision boards, it's really no more than an art project to them with no depth or meaning behind it. It's the meaning that makes that vision board work. For example, if you put on your vision board a picture of a boat because you want to own a boat, if you haven't taken time to properly set that goal, to put it into the SMART goal structure, to write it down, to get really clear and specific on it, then that's just a picture on a piece of cardboard. It has no meaning. But if you take the time to do that and to go through setting the goal, and then you find a picture of the exact boat that you want to own, now that has meaning. And that meaning is going to give you an emotional connection to it. And that's what's going to drive your unconscious mind towards pursuing the goal. So I am not saying don't set don't make vision boards. What I'm saying is do them with intention and create your vision board as a visual representation, a reminder of what the goals you have set are. 
And just as I mentioned earlier, in terms of goal setting, I mentioned earlier that we want to avoid words that imply a comparison like more or better, less, because it's too ambiguous. We also want to avoid values or states as goals. So often people confuse the two. So in setting a goal, there's specific criteria that makes it a goal. And sometimes people get confused between what is a state or a value and what is a goal. Here's an example. A friend of mine, a friend of mine said to me one day, I just want to feel successful. And I said, so go do a crossword puzzle. And when you complete it, you'll feel successful. And she said, no, that's not what I mean. And I said, then what do you mean? And she said, I just want to feel successful. I said, then go make your bed. You'll complete it. You'll feel successful. She said, that's not what I mean either. And I said, what do you mean then? Because if you don't know what that means to you, you're not going to achieve success. And I said, and I bet you do have a picture in your mind when you think of that. There's something more specific that you want. What is it that success means to you? What do you really want? Feeling successful, that's a state. You feel successful, that's a state of being. You could have that feeling right now. But what will bring you that feeling continuously, ongoing? That's a goal. So you get specific about what's going to give you that feeling, what's going to create that in your life. That's a goal. So values or states, they're stated ambiguously. Values are unconscious filters that determine what's important or not important to us. Values are what we'll put energy and resources into. Values are not necessarily what we like, but we'll put energy into. And they're higher levels of abstraction and thinking. So a value could be something like integrity. Integrity is not a goal. Integrity is a value. It's important to you. But that's not a goal. A state would be like happy. That's ambiguous. What does that mean to you? Happy. That's a state. So goals are stated specifically. Values and states are ambiguous. Values or states can be written as an affirmation. You know, people like to write affirmations or, or say affirmations. And those are supporting your values or that's getting into a state. But a goal or an outcome, that has to be written as a goal or an outcome. Just as we talked about in the SMART goals, you write it down. A value or a state, you can have it now. You could have happiness right now. You could have success right now. You could have integrity right now. You don't need to do anything to achieve it. You could get yourself into that state. You could experience it right now and you could have it in unlimited quantities. But for a goal, there's time involved. So for a goal, you can't have it right now. There's time in between now and when you achieve it. And like we talked about in the last episode, that time could be very short in a, in a short-term goal. It could be hours. In a long-term goal, that time could be a lot more significant. It could be several years. For a value or a state, there are no steps in achieving it. You just have it now. You get yourself into that state. You get yourself into that state of mind, into that feeling, and you can have it right now. 
But for a goal, there are steps to get there. And a really effective way of designing your goals is to get the final step and then work it backwards. So if the final step is to publish a book, what has to happen in order for you to do that? What are all the steps? And you break it down into smaller goals. A value or a state, it's infinite. You can have as much of it as you want, but a goal or an outcome is measurable. And a value or state is stated for self or others. So world peace, that's for everyone. World peace would be for self and others. That's a value. Integrity is for self and others. That's a value. But a goal or an outcome is for self only. You can't set goals for other people. They don't work. I was once running one of my workshops, um, the Breakthrough to Success workshop. And in it, we go through a really powerful goal-setting exercise. And after the workshop, a few days later, someone who attended came to me and said, I didn't get the goal I wanted. And I said, what was the goal you set? And she said that my business partner would buy out my half of the business. You, You can't set a goal for someone else's financial decisions. You can't do that. So your goals are only for you. It doesn't mean that they won't have positive effects on other people. Right? As I mentioned earlier, my business goals will have a positive effect on my relationship with my husband. But the goal is not for him. There's nothing he has to do or be a part of for me to achieve it. The goal is only set for myself to achieve. It's on me to achieve. So when you're setting your goals, make sure that they are actually goals and not values or states. And then we want to look at how to make sure these goals are achievable. This is the final part we're going to cover today. Once you have your goal, ask yourself, how is it possible that I don't have it now? And then here are some questions that I suggest that you take yourself through and actually write down your answers. Do this as a journaling exercise. So number one is, what specifically do I want? This will help you get really specific. What specifically do I want? And you can chunk that goal down right into the finite details. What do you want? Then two, where am I now in relation to achieving it? So we need to define now and where it is you want to be. And then three, we need to get even more specific. The third question is, what will I see, hear, and feel? when I have it, write it down as if it's right now. So when I have this goal, I see this, I hear blank, I feel blank. Write it down as if it's now and make it really compelling. Give yourself as much description as you can. And then here's where I take my clients through that visual goal setting strategy that I talked to you about earlier. And if you download the Goal Achievement Blueprint and you get that program, you'll have that as part of the program. But what you can do if you don't want to do that is just take some time visualizing and picturing what it will be like. And then number four is we have to get some evidence for how we're going to know when we achieve it. So four is how will I know when I have it? So answer that question for yourself. How will I know when I have it? Is that when you cross the finish line of the race? Is it when you're holding your printed book in your hand? 
Is it when you have decluttered the spare bedroom of your house and you're looking at it and it's exactly the way you want that room? I'm saying that because that's one of my goals this year is to declutter the spare bedroom of my house that we've started using as storage. And I'd like to turn it back into a spare bedroom and have it for guests to stay in. That's a whole other side story. So how will you know when you have it? Ask yourself, how will I know when I have this? And then five, we need to check the congruency of this. What will this outcome get for me or allow me to do? And make sure that it's in alignment with your values, with your belief system, with your principles, and make sure that it is congruently aligned. And then ask yourself, is it only for me? So we want the goal to be self-initiated and self-maintained. If someone else has to do something in order for you to succeed at it, that's not an achievable goal. So ask yourself, is it only for me? Is it self-initiated and self-maintained? And then finally, what resources do you need? So ask yourself, what do I have now and what do I need to achieve my outcomes? And then you can follow that with, have you ever had or done this before? You might have done it before. That means you have resources and knowledge in order to help you. Or do you know someone who has? So is there someone that you could reach out to for mentorship, coaching, consulting, guidance on how to achieve it? And then finally, can you act as if you have it now? Now, when I work with my clients one-on-one, there are more questions we go through in terms of setting the goals, but this is to give you a good framework that you could work through on your own without knowing NLP, without being a hypnotherapist or high-performance coach that you could work through on your own to help you become more successful at achieving your goals. But I highly encourage you to download the Goal Achievement Blueprint. It's a course combined with a workbook that will take you through a very compelling process to help you achieve these goals. Okay, I think that's I think that's good. I think that should give you some really good starting points for setting your goals and for being successful at them this year. If you're having any challenges with goal setting or achieving your goals, reach out to me on Instagram and I will answer your questions or your concerns on a follow-up episode. My Instagram is at the Terry Holland. It's Terry with one R and an I at the Terry Holland. It'll be in the show notes. Find me there. And if you have any questions, challenges about your goals, things that you're not sure of, just reach out to me and I'm happy to answer your questions. I hope you found this process to be valuable. If you did find it helpful, if you found it useful, please share it with a friend who would also benefit from it. And please leave me that five-star review on whatever platform you're listening on, because that helps more people to find the show so that more people benefit like you. Thanks so much for joining me today and listening to this episode. I'll be back again next week. Bye for now.